0: What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Sabreland this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right, we got a lot coming up uh through the rest of the season and into of the offseason. Who's gonna coach the team next year? Uh is Kevin Adams gonna have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they gonna fill out their scouting staff? How many times will I cry next season? Maybe zero, I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt gonna get extended? You know, all this and more. Straight up Sabres exciting stuff so make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. Big names are headlining this weekend's UFC 262 card from Nate Diaz to Michael Chandler there will be no shortage of action and DraftKings Sportsbook the official sports betting partner of UFC has a heavyweight offer for this weekend's fight with 100 to 1 odds. One fighter will be walking away with the belt. Will you be walking away with the cash? Just pick the main event fighter you think will win, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds on that fighter. This is a deal you cannot pass up. That's right. Bet one dollar on select fighters, and if they win, you win one hundred dollars. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test and to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's be honest; you have better odds of getting some money from this than you do betting on the Devils. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. Again probably don't pick the devils. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on a main card fighter to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 on select main card fighters for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WIT-IT. Welcome right to New York all. This, this is, is the Double State, State of Mind podcast, podcast. brought to brought you by, to you the, by hockey the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now, here's now, here's your host, here's your host, host Neil Villapiano. What is going on, everybody? It is your boy, your host, the lovely Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition. A very sad edition, unfortunately, of the Devils State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a great, fantastic day wherever you're listening to this. And as always, thank you guys so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to check these episodes out. I greatly appreciate it. I'm so grateful for all the support that I've gotten from you guys. How many of you have reached out to me and, and said really great things, um, about the podcast. And I'm just glad that I could, uh, you know, just make people be even more interested in listening and, you know, discussing our New Jersey devils. And, you know, like I said, the reason that I said it was sad is because this is actually the final regular season episode of the devil state of mind. Don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. This isn't the end. Um, this is obviously the end of the devil season, but We will be continuing to do episodes throughout the off-season. We are going to have a lot to discuss. We are going to have so many different things, particularly when we get to July, with all the things that are going to be happening in July. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But today is basically just, you know, finishing off, obviously the last game of the season. And also, I just wanted to discuss uh, some of the things that the players, the coaches, and general manager Tom Fitzgerald said over the last couple of days during their exit interviews. Um, so we've got a bunch to talk about, as I always say, so let's not waste any more time and drop the puck. So we'll start with obviously the last game of the season. And to be honest with you, I'm not really going to go into the play-by-play like I normally do. Um, basically, if you didn't watch the game, the Devils took a 2-0 lead in the first period through the first couple of minutes. I think five minutes of the game, it was already 2-0. And I remember the Devils had a 2 on one with Brett and Nico Heischer. And Nico got the puck. Great pass from Brett. And he missed a wide-open net. It would have made it 3-0. The Flyers ended up coming down and scoring right after that to make it 2-1. And... Yeah, the, the Devils just kind of fell apart from that point on. They gave up the tying goal in the second period. You go into the third, um, and it's tied late in the game. You take a bad penalty. They score in a power play. They score in an empty netter later on. And the Devils, for the last time this season, and one of the many times we've seen it over the last couple of years, have a multiple goal lead, blow it, and ultimately lose the game. And it was a really, really disappointing way to finish the year. I kept saying, let's try to finish the year strong. You know, winning that game would have made us winners of six of our last eight games, which I think is phenomenal. I mean, still winning five of your last eight is still pretty good, but ultimately it would have been nice to win one last game and, you know, finish the year on a high note. Instead, we end up losing our last two, which, you know, it happens. And I remember watching the game with somebody and she said to me, Like, I'm sorry that the season is over and I feel bad and everything. And I said, to be honest with you, it's more of a relief than anything else when you really think about it, you know, considering all the things that happened this year and, you know, you could go down the list. First of all, 56 game season, definitely not a season that we were expecting. You're dealing with COVID all year long. And at one point in the beginning of the year, we didn't have a lot of people getting COVID-19 vaccines. It wasn't being distributed like it is now. So we were having that issue. And you had a completely, you know, for the most part, you had a pretty young team to start the year. You had a new coaching staff for the most part. I mean, you were, j- and you were playing in a division where it was basically just, you were only playing them. You weren't playing everybody else in NHL. You were playing all these teams in the same division over and over again, eight times per team this year. And you looked at the, the, the division and it was the division of death. I mean, considering the type of town and the type of teams that are in it, it was obvious that it was going to be, a very difficult thing. And then you start the year and the Devils come out really hot. They look like that they're going to be really like one of the biggest surprises. And then we get a, a COVID outbreak in which we were out of commission for 16 days. And it really started to get to a point where we were wondering if we were going to actually play hockey again this season. I actually was starting to kind of come to the conclusion that, you know what, if this lingers on for another couple of days, I think you got to call it because we're running out of a window for the NHL to reschedule our games. And here's the thing. There are still games being played in the regular season. Like, we're done, but there are still other games, particularly in the North Division in Canada, because the Vancouver Canucks also had a bad COVID outbreak, and they still have to play, I think, six or seven more games uh, this year or something in the five or four. I don't remember. It's a, it's a handful of games. And I actually heard that um, the Stanley Cup playoffs, I think it's supposed to start this upcoming Saturday, and they're actually going to have a playoff game and a regular season game be played at the same time in, on the same day, which is kind of a crazy thing. I don't think we'd ever experience something like that, but in a season like no other, like I've talked about numerous times, things like this tend to happen. But again, the devils have the COVID outbreak. They're out for 16 days. And after that, they just could never seem to get things back to where they were. We would have some moments where it was great. We were really rolling. Um, you know, we, but again, it just, it all fell through. Teams started to figure us out because you're playing them all the damn time. So eventually they're going to figure you out. And obviously we started to lose and lose and lose. And then we go to the trade deadline. We trade away some veterans, um, you know, Dmitry Kulikov, Paul Mary, Travis Ajak. We let some other guys go like Nikita Gusev and Sammy Votnin, um on waivers and also just being their contract being terminated. Um, so for the rest of the year, especially after the trade deadline, we were by far the youngest team in the NHL. And I mentioned it before, our forward group was younger than some forward groups in college hockey. I mean, that's how painfully young we, we are. We've had over 10 players playing NHL minutes in their rookie year and not just playing like, you know, minutes here and there. They were playing solid like top six minutes, some of these guys, like they were getting thrown into the fire right away. And then we had that 10 game losing streak. And If you remember, I said that I didn't think this team was going to win another game, but the team for the most part, pretty much finished strong. You know, like I said, winners of five of our last eight, and they really they really tried to finish the year as best as they could, and a lot of young guys really stepped up this year. I mean, we could go through the list of guys, and it's just – it's incredible. Um, and you think about all the circumstances that this team, this coaching staff, and everything had to go through. It's incredible that they were able to get through and play all 56 games, but that doesn't excuse the fact that the team still – really, you know, it's going to, well, it, it will finish at the bottom of the NHL or towards the bottom. Um, we are going to probably get, you know, at least a top 10 pick, maybe a top five, maybe even a top three pick, depending on the lottery. Um, you know, once again, and like I said before, numerous times, I don't really care where we end up. If we get the number one overall pick, cool. If we get the number six or seven pick, cool. It's just, it, and it has nothing to do with the, the, the draft class itself. It's just that I am personally tired of, of finishing, you know, towards the bottom of the NHL. I want this team to start winning. I want this team to start competing for the playoffs and eventually competing for a Stanley Cup. I think every Devils fan wants to see that happen sooner rather than later. And I know how difficult it is, especially because we have to rebuild a rebuild like we've talked about before. But yeah, so we're so now we're just we're at the point where now it's the offseason, and now we just gotta see where everything goes when regards to how the team's going to perform. Um the devils final record this year finishes at 1930 and four and nineteen thirty and seven for a total of forty five points, which at the moment is the third least in the NHL. Buffalo has 37, not surprisingly. Anaheim has 43. They're done for the year, so we, we don't have that. And we are tied at the moment with the Vancouver Canucks for the third um, least amount of points. And basically, the the Canucks have to gain just one point through the rest of the season for us to solidify us getting the third most odds to get the number one overall pick. Um, and if Vancouver somehow doesn't win any of the last five games, then we get the fourth most odds. So we're guaranteed uh, top five uh, odds to get the number one overall pick. You have to remember that Seattle is now going to be involved, and that'll be interesting when we get to that point. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But again, you know, 19 30, and 7 winning just six or seven games at home all year long. Um, at one point, you would only won four games at home and only twice in front of fans. It was just it was a very, very difficult year for all circumstances, and, and and I know it sounds like I'm giving excuses, and it's understandable how difficult it is to do the type of things that these guys had to do. But again, you know, for somebody who's been watching this team, and I would say because of this podcast, I this is the most um, intense I've been about watching this team. Like this is the most I've I've uh, invested in this team because I'll be honest with you. If I wasn't doing this podcast and I was just watching these games, uh, there was plenty of times where I would have probably turned off the TV and watched something else because I was frustrated with a lot of things that I was seeing. Um, But there are bright spots. Okay, here's the thing: like number one, I'll just say this really quick. I love doing this podcast. I am beyond grateful for what Isha, Dylan, and the entire Hockey Podcast Network and the Amaze Network as well has done for me. It's given me the opportunity to talk about the team that I love and talk about something I'm very passionate about and share it with all the fans like yourself that you're listening to this. And and again, I've said it before I'll say it many more times. Thank you guys so much for everything that you guys have done for me this year. But yeah, it it was definitely a difficult year. Um, you know, you don't, it was tough when we became just a second team in the NHL to be mathematically limited, limited from playoff contention. And I remember saying to myself that the lowest point I think I've ever been as a devil's fan, and this could be a good thing also, was when we got swept in four straight games against the New York Rangers, that four game series in early April. And the reason was just because you looked at what the Rangers were doing at the time, at the time, and you looked at what was going on with us, we really couldn't, we couldn't find a way to win a game, we couldn't score consistently, everything was just, everything was going wrong, and we got shut out twice, once at home, um, shut out back-to-back games, it was real, I, I would say that that's definitely been the lowest point um, of my life being a Devils fan, because it's just, you were at the point of wondering, where is this team going, what is this team's future, and I know we've been hearing it all year long. The future is bright. Look at how much youth we have. And I get it. But at that time, at that specific moment, it was really like, we just don't have impact players. We don't, we don't have a culture right now. Like, what is going on? And once the Devils were able to finally shake off that losing streak, they really seemed to come together. They really seemed to play hard. And, and they were winning games. And look, I mean, they finished. They won three different season series this year. They won the season series against Buffalo, which, I mean, you know, it's, it's Buffalo, but still, uh, they won the season series against the Philadelphia Flyers, which again, didn't make the playoffs, but still, they were a better team than we were. And then we win the season series against the Boston Bruins, a team that is going to be making, is expected to make a long run in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I think that's something to be really, really proud of. And like I mentioned before, there were a ton of guys. I mean, we could literally go through every single player, and we could point out that all of them at one point or another, I think, improved this season. The first guy that really stands out to me has to be Pavel Zaka. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that Pavel Zaka would have been not only tied for the team-leading goals, but also um, leading the team in points— I would have said two things. Number one, you're crazy. Number two, what the hell happened to everybody else? Uh, But it's not really a knock on everybody else. Zaka played in 50 of the 56 games, registering 17 goals, 18 assists, for 35 points. I mean, it is really remarkable what he was able to do this entire year. And it's just, it's crazy. And if you think about it, that's just your 50 games. If you add another 30, 32 games, He's definitely getting to 20, maybe 25 goals. Hell, he could have been pushing 30, honestly, because that just shows you how much he's improved. And I remember when Mark Recchi got hired as, as an assistant coach, I remember him saying in one of his interviews, his first interviews, is like, we have to get guys like Pavel Zaka. And that was the only guy he mentioned by name. We have to get guys like that to start, you know, living up to their expectations. You know, Zaka being a first-round pick back in 2015 was a sixth overall pick we already know, we know the things. Miko Rantanen and Matt Barzell came after him and we get it. Not every player you draft in the draft is going to become a star, right? We, we, everybody makes mistakes. We are not the only team in the NHL to do this. Every team has done this in the past. But to see a guy like Zaka really step up and play well and really just outperform Every single other year that he's he's performed in his career is just phenomenal, and I think that if he continues in this trend, he's going to continue to be a more and more valuable asset to this team, especially as we continue to try to rebuild. And then you have a guy like Miles Wood, and I have something very important involving Miles Wood that I want to talk about later on in this podcast. And I'm sure some of you probably already know, but I'll, I'll mention it again anyway. Miles Wood, again, if you had told me at the beginning of the year that Miles Wood would have been tied for the team-leading goals, I would have said the same two things I'd said about Zach. But again, through 55 games, Wood missed one game this entire year, and that was the second, uh, the first Islanders game just, to, just last week. So it goes, he nearly was one of the few guys that played in every single game this entire season, which is phenomenal. He had 17 goals, 8 assists for 25 points. He's obviously going to be a topic of discussion when it comes to is he somebody that ends up getting protected in the expansion draft? And look, we'll talk about that in greater detail when we get an idea or we know who's protected and who's not. And we may not know that till a day or two before the expansion draft actually happens. We'll, we'll wait and see uh, when that ends up happening. But Miles Wood, you know, he took on a leadership role, he was an alternate captain for a good good chunk of this season. He really, he took it upon himself, even though he's only 25 to be one of the, you know, veterans on this team. I mean, that's what he is at this point. And he took it upon himself to really help rally a lot of these young guys. He helped out guys like Nate Bastian, Michael McLeod, and really elevated their game. And he really proved himself a lot this year. And it'll be interesting to see if he's one of the guys that ends up getting protected. Cause I think right now, even, even with the season, I think he's still on the bubble when it comes to, does he end up getting protected? But I would say, without a doubt, the biggest surprise in the entire season has to be Yegor Sharangovich. I mean, look, we had talked about Sharangovich numerous times before during the offseason, you know, leading into this year, what he was doing in the KHL. You know, he's top five, top, he was top three in scoring. I mean, he was really doing well as just a 22-year-old in the Continental Hockey League, which is arguably the second most the second toughest hockey league in the world, honestly, Compared, you know, with obviously the NHL being the first, but he came in and there was a lot of expectations on him considering how well he was playing. And honestly, he really did a phenomenal job this year. I mean, you know, his first goal an overtime breakaway game winner. I mean, that just showed you that he was ready to go. And all year long, he constantly shot the puck, even when he was the only one, you know, On the offensive side, he constantly, he loves scoring goals. He's trying everything he can. He almost got a hat trick last week against the Flyers, which would have been phenomenal. And look, he's going to finish in the top five in the Calder Trophy voting, in my opinion. I think he should. Uh, I think at the beginning of the year, we saw that Ty Smith was going to, looks like he was going to be the guy that was going to represent us. But we've had a couple guys that are going to represent us, certainly in the top ten. For obvious reasons, since a quarter, almost half of our team is full of rookies, but still, these guys really performed very well in their first years. And Sharon Govich was one of them. He was the biggest one 16 goals, 14 assists, 30 points. One of four Devils players to have 30 or more points this season. It was great. And again, he missed just two games all year. So he nearly played the full season. And if We have played 82-game season. He's definitely getting to 20 goals. He's probably getting to 25, and he could have taken a shot at getting 30. I mean, again, we're talking about guys that could have, if they continued at the pace that they were playing, would have been able to at least make an attempt to get to 30 goals. So that just shows you what they were able to do. So Sharon Govich, he really earned himself a spot on this team and earned himself a top-six role moving forward, and I hope that they continue to develop him very well and let him play the way he's capable of playing because this guy can really be something in the not too distant future and then you have some other guys look Michael McLeod Eminem a guy that I've been rooting for for several years now especially because it just felt like he had no luck when it came to scoring his first NHL goal for several years it was just like he just couldn't get it and eventually he did and he really had obviously a career year I mean before the season he had just five he had no goals and five assists. This year, playing in 52 to 56 games, nine goals, six assists, 15 points, which for a guy who played for the majority of the year on the third and fourth line, that's pretty good. And he's a great energy guy. And even though, look, again, another first-round pick, he was picked 12th overall back in 2016. He's still only 23 years of age, and this was really that year where he really blossomed. And again, another guy that if he was given you know, a full season, he would have probably gotten to at least 15 goals, which would have been great for a third or fourth line energy guy. That's phenomenal. And so he was he was a guy that I would say he was like one of my most improved players of the year. I mean, he really was great. The chemistry he had with his good friend, Nate Bastion, other guys like Nick Merkley, Miles Wood. I mean, it didn't matter who he was playing with. He did a really good job and he really did a particularly hell of a job when he was on the face-off circle. So that that's pretty remarkable when you think about it and then you have a guy like jack hughes there was a lot of expectations for jack hughes coming into this year i remember when he said that he gained about 10 10 plus pounds during the offseason he was ready to go and he came out of the gates looking like he was going to take the league by storm and then he got covid and was part of uh you know we had the whole team basically for the most part had to deal with covid and He unfortunately lost all that weight, and it was really tough for him at times. It just, he couldn't score. Every time he made a great pass, his teammates couldn't finish. He just, he had a lot of bad luck, again, in his second year. And again, he hasn't even played a full 82-game season in his career. Didn't happen last year. It didn't happen this year. So, if we do have an 82-game season next year, that will be the first time in his career he has a full NHL season. But despite all of this, he became, again, one of the other Just four players on this team to eclipse 30 or more points. He had 11 goals and 20 assists, 31 points, and played in every single game. He did not miss a game at all. So you look at that and you say, through, you know, last season, he had just seven goals and 14 assists, which was a, you know, a disappointment for a lot of us and for him as well. And I think this year he improved, he shows how dynamic he can be. And once you get him some really good impact players around him, whether it's through the system or outside of the organization, he's going to really shine. And I think that this is a guy that really could get to hundred points in his career, you know, in a season, I really do think he could do that. I think he has the capability of doing that. You just have to, you know, put some pieces around him and This upcoming season will be his the third and final year of his entry level deal. I fully expect that the Devils will try to get him signed either this offseason or like they did with Nico. He a couple of years uh, last year with not this past season, but the season prior sign him during the season and get him signed because you want to get again one of your franchise players signed and, you know, settled. You know, and so you could focus on the rest of the team. But Jack Hughes, he did as best as he could. And I give him a lot of credit. And I'm excited to see what this team can do with him. And if they allow him to become the player that he's expected to be, that would be phenomenal. Jesper Bratt was interesting because with Bratt, you know, remember he came to the Devils late because of a conch, you know, trying to get a contract and then the visa situation. And he still led the team in assists, if you can believe that. Seven goals, 23 assists for 30 points. So again, even though he started late, he was doing well. And honestly, this was one of his better years. He seems like he's starting to get more and more acquainted in the NHL and get himself going as a top six winger. And it's really great to see. And we got him to a new contract, so we don't have to worry about him. And I know he's going to be really energized to play next year and really try to prove, I mean, like everybody else is, basically. Let's talk about Ty Smith, shall we? Ty Smith. Obviously, we knew that this was this had to be the year. This had to be the year as to okay, you can't keep having him go down and play in junior hockey, he's too old now. So, now we either send him to Binghamton or now it's time. Because if you remember, in his rookie year, he was the last player cut, which shows you just how well he would, how capable he is, and how talented Ty Smith can be. But he made the team out of camp, and honestly, you know, he was great, he was really great, and even though. Maybe his stats don't show it that much. I mean, it's still impressive. He had two goals, 21 assists for 23 points in 48 games. He missed the last couple of games of the regular season due to an injury. But he still was really good in his first year. He's our top defenseman, our franchise defenseman. And it's really great to see him playing in the NHL. And again, also, not a full season. Let's see what happens if he plays in a full year now that he's got that you know experience under him. And you look at some other guys, like I mentioned, Yanni Kwokanen, Yanni Kulkanen, another guy building really good chemistry with Sharon Govich and Jack Hughes, eight goals, 17 assists in 50 games played. Some people I heard are saying, oh, well, maybe we should still leave him unprotected and, and, and you know, protect someone like Nate Bastian. That sounds ridiculous to me because Yanni Kokenin, we got him in a trade for Sammy Botman We're not just going to give him up, especially because he really proved well this year. We can replace a guy, an energy guy like Nate Bastion. We, you, you can't trade or you can't give up on somebody or just let somebody get somebody for free who has value like Yanni Koukounen is. I, I think Yanni Koukounen definitely gets protected. He really shined this year in his first year in the National Hockey League. And it's really great. And you have to remember, he played the last, you know, 12 games, I believe, of the regular season last year. And he got himself, he didn't raise himself a point, but he showed a lot of good things. Um, and I was really excited to see him play. And this year, I was really excited to see him play. And I think he performed admirably. I really do. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do next year. You know, you have other guys that I mentioned, you know, like I haven't mentioned before, but, you know, Mikhail just Jesper Boquist. You had Marion Student-Each playing, Nolan Foote, Kevin Ball, Tice Thompson. We had all these young players coming in and playing, and all of them got at least a point we've all of them got at least a point this year. So a lot of them got their first NHL point in game and all that stuff for the most part out of the way, which is great. And what's good for Tom Fitzgerald is now he can really evaluate and say, okay, what young guys are going to be our main guys right now and what other young guys need some more work. And it's going to be a really interesting training camp when we get to it to see, you know, who, Who can make the team who doesn't? And as I mentioned before, it's going to be interesting to see what the Devils do in the offseason. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But all in all, a lot of guys really performed well. They exceeded some expectations. They surprised a lot of us. And I'm hoping that these young guys can build off of that, moving forward, and continue to go up and up and up. Because that's what we want to see with this team. We want to see them get better and better and better. We want to see them eventually become a playoff and then even later on a Stanley Cup contender. And then really quick talking about, you know, the goaltending situation. Look, Mackenzie Blackwood did everything he could. Um, I think in some ways he regressed, not entirely his fault. Um, he did have COVID and he said in his um, his exit interview um, or his exit discussions with the media that basically he, ha- he went several weeks where he really, he was having trouble catching his breath. And he was really just not with it. And that shows you the type of damage that COVID can do even days and weeks after you got it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing. And the biggest issue though, was not necessarily Blackwood, but that we just didn't have solid backup behind him. I mean, Wedgwood had some solid games here and there, but nothing great. Aaron Dell was a massive disappointment in any time he played honestly, and it was just tough. And all obviously, you know, we signed Corey Crawford in the off season and it was a big deal because we knew the type of goalie that Corey Crawford, you know, is and what he can be. And it was just unfortunate that he decided to end up retiring during training camp and kind of put everything, um, put us in a difficult spot. So now we're probably going to have to go back into the market again for veteran goaltenders. There's a lot of intriguing guys out there. Um, and I'll talk about all of these. I'll probably do like a free agency preview um, probably in the next week or two, um, you know, kind of take some of the time. Uh, so we'll, we'll, see, we'll see, but obviously we want to see, you know, Blackwood continue to get better and Blackwood even said it. He said, I, I have to be a lot better. I have to get a lot better and I have to focus more on the mental side of the game and really prepare myself. And we want to see that. But at the end of the day, I would like to see a 1A, 1B tandem. Cause that's where the NHL game is now. Now I want to read you some of the things that the players have said over the last couple of days, when it comes to their exit, um, discussions with the media. Cause that's what you have to do at the end of the year. Um, The first ones actually come from, uh, well, it comes from Jesper was talking about Lindy Ruff. It's via Amanda Stein. Uh, She said, this is a very familiar theme when talking to the Devils players about Lindy Ruff and his coaching staff. was said, they have been great at handling mistakes, watching on video and taking through it and in practice. They have been great with that. It helped a lot. And also Amanda said, my understanding from these conversations is that Lindy Ruff expects a lot but also has the patience and understanding that he is working with very young players, still finding their way and allowing them to do that. So, look, let's talk about Lindy Ruff for a minute here. I'm going to be honest with you, and we, we've talked about it before. I wasn't exactly thrilled when the Devils hired Lindy Ruff, but I knew the type of coach that he, he was and what he is, and I knew that he could bring offensive mindset, and to an extent it was there. But in many ways, it still felt like the same doubles that we'd seen before. And I am very critical of the coaching staff. And I know that Lindy Ruff said in his exit interview that he he really is planning on keeping his whole coaching staff, which I think is a very bad decision. I think keeping Nazardine, he he just didn't do the job. I mean, I get it. We have young players. But when you have the worst penalty kill in the NHL and the worst statistically since the late 80s Buffalo Sabres, I don't think there's any reason. There's no justification to keeping him. I really think you got to look elsewhere, especially with a lot of, you know, former head coaches getting tossed to the curb. There might be somebody out there that you can bring into your staff that could really help this team and they'd be looking for a job. So I, I'm, I mean, that's just my opinion, but, you know, I, I'm just saying. But with regards to Lindy Ruff, I think you got to give him credit for all the stuff that he had to go through this year and, and all the difficulties, young team, COVID, you know, Dealing with that 10 game losing streak. Um, you know, and I've said it before, he's not the long term coach here. He's the guy, he's the stopgap for the next two or three years to help build this team. And then when we get, you know, to a point where we're a playoff contender and eventually Stanley Cup contender, we get another coach in. I could be wrong, but that's just my feeling as to what's going on with that situation. So I give Lindy Ruff like a B, a B minus for his efforts this year. Um, But certainly they need to start being a little bit more creative when it comes to, you know, their offensive systems, especially on the power play. They have to start getting more pucks to the net. They have to be more aggressive. I need to see more of that. We all want to see more of that. And I'm hoping that that's the case. I hope we can really start to see this team put the puck on the net as much as possible and create a lot of traffic because this team offensively is very capable of scoring a lot of goals. And if you put them in the right position to succeed, it's going to happen. They're going to start scoring goals and it's going to be a really great thing to see. So that's something that I'm hoping for. That's um, something that Lindy Ruff does when next season comes around and you look at some other things um, really quick. Uh, there's a handful of players. i mentioned this, before that Nico Kiescher was going to be joining Team Switzerland for the 2021 IIHF World Championships, which is being played in Riga, um, Latvia. Uh, We found out over the last couple of days, there's a couple other players that will be playing in the IIHF World Championships. Uh, One of them is Yegor Sharangovich. He will be playing for his native Belarus. Uh, Jonas Siegentballer also said, that he will be joining uh, Team Switzerland, so he'll be joining up with uh, Nico here. I don't know if Gilgis Sen will be there as well. I could; he probably isn't, but you never know. You never know. Uh, you, we heard that uh, Kevin Ball is going to be joining Team Canada, which is a gr- which is great. Um, very excited. Ty Smith actually got an invite, but because of his injury, he had to say no. Otherwise, he probably would have been playing. And then also. Jesper Brack got an offer from team Sweden to play for them at the world championships. And he at the moment has not made a decision as to whether or not he wants to play. And then also we just got word recently that devil's prospect and defender Matt Hellickson will play for team USA in the world Championships. So that'll be interesting. He actually just got signed uh, to a contract with the Binghamton devils uh, about a month ago, I believe month and change ago, he was playing at Notre Dame before he came to the Devils. He's a, uh, I believe he's a defenseman. So, you know, honestly, that's great. The biggest surprise though was Matt Tennyson, somebody that we didn't expect. Matt Tennyson has actually never played for the United States, I think on any international level, but this will be the first time he'll be playing for Team USA uh, in the World Championships. So the Devils have a handful of guys um, playing in the in the World Championships. So that, that'll be something that is exciting that we'll get to see a little bit. We'll get to see um, a couple of more games with Devils players in it, which is obviously a great thing, and that's something that we're all looking forward to. Now, let me read you some other comments. Um, Let's read some comments from Lindy Ruff and also Tom Fitzgerald, because I think those are also important. Lindy Ruff on the needs for next season. We're going to assess every area. If you look at the growth, you love the growth, but those young players need support. They might mean bringing in a veteran. Now, don't take this um, and overreact it doesn't necessarily mean that the devils are only going to get one veteran or that's it. We don't know what they're really going to do. Again, it all depends on what ownership is going to allow Tom Fitzgerald to do. If they give him free range, you know, it's up to Tom Fitzgerald really. But if he's limited, then I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. And again, we're $17 million at the moment, $17 million under the cap floor. And if let's say someone like PK Subban gets taken completely from us, from Seattle to Seattle, we're going to be $20-plus plus million under the cap floor. So we're going to spend money, regardless of, of the situation, we're going to have to spend money just to get on the cap floor. And it'll probably be a combination of maybe getting some guys signed, uh, getting an extension maybe for Jack Hughes. Uh, a lot of this is going to be interesting. Um, Amanda Stein also said, she said, spoke with Devils Jack Hughes today, who told me about how much he appreciates having Mark Reckie on this coaching staff and how important Reckie has been to him this season. Lindy Rubb did say, it is his intention to keep all his assistants from the season. Again, don't really agree with that, particularly with Elaine Nazardine. I'm okay with giving Mark Recky another chance, but I think you need to find another defensive coach. I really, really do. I strongly, strongly recommend that we move on from Elaine Nazardine because I, I just don't think that you can defend You know how bad, really, the defense was. Um, Jack Hughes also said that having a guy like Mark around who loves talking hockey as much as he does... Has been big for him. Recchi has been an important sounding board for the Devils Forum. So that's a good thing. So I think that pretty much gives uh, a pretty good idea that Mark Recchi is going to be back um, next year. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald on Lindy Roth. There was a major trust factor between him and the players. Don't think you'll find a player that didn't love playing for Lindy Roth. So look, Tom Fitzgerald. First year as, as the official general manager of this team, he needed to go out and get his coach, a guy he could build a relationship with and a trust. And he hired Lindy Ruff. And so far the players seem to respond pretty well to Lindy Ruff. Uh, going back really quick, by the way, to the world championships, another double player will be playing in the world championships. Marion Studenich will be playing for team Slovakia. So that's good. So now we'll see, you know, again, we're seeing more and more and more guys uh, getting an opportunity to play in the world Championship and continue to perform from there. So let's talk about, let's hear some other quotes from Tom Fitzgerald. He said, um, everything that I knew he would be major trust factor between him and the players. I don't think you'll find a player that didn't love playing for Lindy Ruff again um, there Fitzgerald. What I saw from players was a lot of positives, a lot of growth. It's easy for me to say, I want to give players an opportunity. And Lindy was receptive to that. He's genuine honest that can motivate players players knew they could make mistakes and not be punished. Uh, Butcher also said we all want to play meaningful games next year. this group needed to crawl before they can walk. We played in arguably the best division this year. we never quit very resilient group. and so that's that's that, that, I mean that, those are good statements because again it really was a tough year with a with a young team and and all the things that have been going on and playing the toughest division in the NHL I mean, these guys fought. There was a lot of guys. I mean, there was a lot of situations where we fought. I mean, hell, we were down what six nothing against Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, and we lost seven to six, outscoring the Penguins six to one in the third period. That's a pretty good fight. That's a pretty good fight. Even though they didn't win the game, which I'm hoping that we start winning those games and start winning a lot more games than we have been. Uh, Fitzgerald said the performance of a player like Sharon Govich certainly has changed things regarding protected list for the Seattle expansion draft. They haven't had discussions yet but we will soon. So this is going to be a tough thing because Fitzgerald, the, the really hard work is going to be now, you know, the players and coaching staff, they've done their job. Now Fitzgerald has to do what he thinks is best for the organization and trying to do the best he can for the New Jersey devils. Uh, he also said we have really good cornerstone pieces here. The way we set out to build this team was through the draft size development. We aren't going to cut corners, no major injuries on team that will affect offseason training. So this is again, where, let's try not to get our hopes up about getting a big name free agent or maybe even making a big name trade because Tom Fitzgerald is very big on developing and drafting, you know, you know, guys, that's what he wants. So that's the thing I'm, I'm expecting. If we do get some veterans, it might be some lower tier guys that, that he feed, that Fitzgerald feels fits in well with the team and and go from there. And, well, I mean, I could be wrong. I could be totally wrong. It all depends on the situation. I think Fitzgerald is going to take, going to try to take advantage of some teams that are in cap, uh, problems, especially when we get to the expansion draft. I think there, there could be some trades that maybe the Devils are involved in. Now, Vachero also says that right now there are no offseason surgeries or issues that would prevent a player from being ready to start camp. Uh, he's also excited to see Holtz, Thompson, Clark, uh, a lot to like about his game. Vukashevich, Studenich, Zetterlin, Mercer, among others at 2021 training camp. Uh, we anticipate some surprises like Maltsev. At Sharon Govich this year. So he expects, again, for maybe one or two or three young guys to really surprise some people and make a run at making a, a spot. Um, he also said that Devils goalie prospect Akira Schmid um, excuse me, should be signing soon. So we'll have another signing to talk about uh, there. Now, here's some interesting stuff that I want to read really quick. My goal is to help build this organization, Fitzgerald said, from the hockey ops side to the level that, that it once was. I'm committed to the long-term and David and Josh are committed to me. Confident in the scouts and we'll be getting up to speed as far as evaluating prospects. Haven't had time to do much of that this year. We're going to get a really good player wherever we pick in round one. We'll identify what we need in the next few days. Mentioning Crawford retiring was a punch to the gut when I got that call. Can never have enough good defensemen. If it's spending money in the right places, we'll do it. The owners have entrusted me to do this with my group. Thank you, God. If this is true, thank you, God, because I've needed to hear that. I'm really, really, really hoping that Joshua Harris and David Blitzer, they actually allow Tom Fitzgerald to go out and spend money where it's necessary, whether it's trades, free agency, whatever. Just allow him to go out and get the talent and impact players that we need. We need that. We need it badly. We need this team to really start getting things rolling here. We we, we can't just continue to do the things that we've been doing. We have to get better. We have to. It's a must. Um, The chair also says he expects to make some additions to the hockey operations staff. Says no no change to his contract status right now. Previously, it's been recorded. The contract as GM was for just this year. Extension as GM is reportedly being worked on. No update on that, it appears. So it sounds like to me, and I talked about this with my good friend, uh, Jersey Joe, it sounds like to me that. Tom Fitzgerald was given a one-year contract, a one-year proof of contract, like you see with some players, where he was going to have to prove himself and, and the team was going to have to show some things to the, to the front office to see me the ownership to say, we want to keep him long-term. And all signs seem to point that probably he is going to be extended, and, and that's something that we all want to see. Now, Tom Fitzgerald said he expects to sign, remember, uh, Akira Schmidt. Soon, they also have signed Nico Daz for next year, so the goaltending situation at the AHL-ECHL level could be crowded, depending on what happens with both restricted free agents, Gillette Sen and Evan Cormier. So it'll be interesting to see if one or two guys end up not being in the organization next year. So we'll see. We shall see. But all this is very interesting. And at the end of the day, look, guys, it was a season – Like no other. It really was. And even though it sucks that the season is over and we are not playing meaningful hockey again for the third year in a row, I'd like to try to finish this by being optimistic and saying that look, we have the youngest team in the NHL. We have a lot of talent. We have a crap load of cap space. We have the ability to make moves to get some impact players from some other teams. We're definitely going to, you know, play junior GM or fantasy GM throughout the offseason talking about different guys that we may go after, whether it's guys like Gabriel Landis, Jack, Jack Eichel in a trade or Patrick Laine or whomever we feel like talking about. We will talk about it here and we will discuss it um, and everything. But before I go, I wanted to say two quick things. Number one, um, thank you again. Thank you guys so much for all the support you've given me throughout the off season, throughout the regular season. And even now, and again, I'm not going anywhere. This is just the beginning. It's still been, it still has been less than a year since I started this. It started back in June 1st of 2020 and I've been doing it ever since. And I'm beyond grateful to be doing this, to be able to be the guy that talks about the New Jersey devils represent the New Jersey devils. I am so grateful to be doing it. And I love, Doing this every single day. I'm so lucky to be doing it. And I thank you guys because without your guys' support, interacting with me on social media, listening to the episodes, I wouldn't be where I am today. And we have so much more. And especially as this team gets better and more exciting things come on, it's it's gonna be great. And and I promise you, we're gonna get some really good content, really exciting content, hopefully some good, you know, great interviews down the road here, especially in the offseason you're going to want to stick around and subscribe, please do so. Cause you're in for a very fun off season and a very fun future of the double state of my podcast. The last thing I wanted to mention is something that involves miles. Wood, And I mentioned it before earlier in this podcast. And some of you, if you have Twitter, you probably know what I'm talking about, but as a token of my appreciation to all of you guys, I am doing a giveaway on the Devil's State of Mind Twitter page, at Devil State on Twitter. And we are doing an autographed Miles Wood Puck giveaway. That is correct. So for those of you, as I know a lot of you, are big fans of Miles Wood, here's what you have to do with regards to the giveaway. You just go to our Twitter and you follow the directions. You have to like the tweet, retweet it, follow Devil's State of Mind, and you also got to tag two friends. So that's all you got to do. It's actually just retweet, follow Devil State, Devil State of Mine up on Twitter at Double State and tag two friends. And once you do that, you are locked in. There's no extra entries or anything like that. And then I will select a person at random on Monday, the 17th of May. So you have until 1159 on May 16th to enter our puck giveaway. And the winner will get an autographed puck from Miles Wood from me, courtesy of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So make sure you go into that as well. But thank you guys so much, as always, for listening to these episodes. And I got one last thing to say. Rock on. Woo! What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts. So that could be Spotify. That could be iTunes. That could be Google Podcasts. You know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all of the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. again. New videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T H E N V P S H O W, my personal Instagram at N V P Q B 11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J E T S. Pain, pain, pain—the agony and the ecstasy. Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So, from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions—you know where, you know anything we could think of—it's in this book. So, this is really for the Jets fan. So, if you're a Jets fan, a football fan. If you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, Pain, Pain the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan, and also meet the Mets mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Piano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day. You know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt And one last thing, rock on. Woo!